Okay. Well, that was a mini-sermon, but now I'm going to do, give you the real, the real message. Um, this is, uh, I am so excited to share this, this message. Over the last two months, Pastor Tim and I have been sharing about the goodness of God. One thing that is very clear is that God likes what we're doing. We have just sensed a heavy anointing, heavier than usual. I mean, we always depend on the Holy Spirit 100%. But this seems to be uh, uh, elevating the, the presence and the, the, the um, anointing of the Holy Spirit is just growing as we've been declaring the goodness of God. You can't declare his goodness without his goodness being manifest. We've been declaring facets of the goodness of God. So Pastor Tim taught on the generosity of God, the bigness of his giving. Pastor Tim taught on the compassion of Christ, the depth of the compassion of Christ. I've shared on um, the, the faithfulness of God. And tonight I'm going to share on the love of God. So as we share on these characteristics of the goodness of God, those characteristics just are, are here for us to receive. And not only the love of God, but the benefits of the love of God, which I'm going to be talking about tonight. So here's the plan. I've got a message to share, and then I've got a friend who's coming to share a testimony that is going to just give evidence to the goodness of the love of God. So it's going to be awesome. I know it is, because he's always awesome. So here's, oh, I've got to give you your, your notes, because you might want the scriptures. Chris, could you pass those out for me? Thank you. So as Chris is passing that out, here's the scripture that I've been re, um, re- coming back to every week. This is Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. I love this scripture. The three messages that I've shared about the goodness of God are all in that scripture. He's good, his unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. So today, the part of the goodness of God we're going to focus on is his unfailing love. God is love. It's, it's not something, like in, in our humanity, love is like an attribute, but the love of God isn't just an attribute. It's who he is. It's his state of being. He is love. We talked about the same concept when we talked about his goodness. He is good. You can't separate it from him. You can't separate goodness from him. You can't separate love from him. It's who he is. God's love is inherent. That means it exists in God as a permanent and inseparable attribute. No matter what, his his love is inherent. God's love is intrinsic. So it belongs to his inner nature. It's not dependent on external things. An extrinsic characteristic is something that's depending on what happens externally. But God's love isn't dependent upon what happens from the outside to him because it's intrinsic. His love is intrinsic. And God's love is absolutely 100% unconditional. And it's never changing. Now that's good news. Because it doesn't matter our behavior. It doesn't matter how, if, if we miss it, if we really miss it, if we're completely missing it. His love is unconditional and it's never changing. It doesn't get less. It doesn't, he doesn't hold it back. He doesn't withhold it. His love is completely unconditional. But the opposite's also true. If you are the most faithful person, the most consecrated person to God that there could possibly be, God's love is the very same. No matter where you are on the spectrum, his love is constant. 
I'm going to share um, a little bit of a beautiful testimony that you've maybe have seen before. This is a testimony, a CBN or 700 Club testimony, and the man's name is Ian McCormick. So some of you who have been around a little bit have probably seen this testimony. It's a 20-minute testimony, so I didn't want to show the whole thing. Um, so we're going to share one minute of it. In a, not yet, though, Kent, because I want to give some background. So this man um, was on that, <laughs> that continuum of the, the bad sinner person. He was a young man when he received his miracle, and he was uh, living a, a life of... Um, just a wild lifestyle. He was an atheist. He'd grown up in a Christian home, but he had decided there wasn't a God. He was an atheist at the time of his life when when he received the miracle we're going to hear about in a second. He um, was a womanizer. He was into drugs. He was into partying. He was into drinking. He was into doing everything he could do to have fun. He was trying to fill a gap with extreme living. And the one thing that he loved to do more than anything else was surf. So he must have been wealthy. His parents must have been wealthy. Because he was traveling the world surfing. And, and, and he, was find, he was trying to find the perfect wave. Now, there's a movie that's been made about him. It's called The Perfect Wave. It's a great movie. Kent and I watched it a couple weeks ago. So anyway, um, while he was surfing and diving, he happened to be scuba diving when this accident happened. He got stung by five box jellyfish. Not one, but five. One of them will kill you. He got stung by five of them. He was in a third world country, and there wasn't anything available for him to get help right away. Anyway, long story. I won't go into all of that. Bottom line, he died. Um, he knew that he was dying. In the midst of his dying, um, he saw a picture, a vision of his mother praying for him. This all was really happening. His mother, while he was dying, got a picture of him dying, and God spoke to her and said, pray for your son, he's dying. So all of this is happening. The mother is at her home, crying out to God, praying for her, and she knows her son isn't saved, praying for his life. He sees his mother praying for him as he's dying. And he and his mom says in her prayer, just call out to God. That's all you have to do. Just call out to God. He's there. And he did. He called out to God. So he died. He's, uh, he's in the morgue. He, he sees himself leave his body. The, 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 he flatlines everything. The doctors pronounce him dead. They literally, I'm going to kind of fast forward a little bit, then I'll tell you the rest of the story. They do what they do when a person dies. They fill out the death certificate. They took him to the morgue. They put a toe tag on him. He's laying on a cement slab, dead. He's dead for about 20 minutes. While he's dead, he um, leaves his body, and he uh, initially goes through darkness. But darkness can't touch him. He goes through darkness, and it tells in this long testimony of some of the things he experiences there. But then he moves into the light. And there he says it's kind of like when sun comes through a window and you see the dust particles moving to the light. He says that's what happened. He just went up. This, and he, and, he, and he, then he was with Jesus. Okay, then he was with Jesus. Now this is the part I want to share with you on the video. Because the first thing he did when he was with Jesus, the love of God leads you to repentance, Right? And the first thing he did was say, Jesus, I was a terrible person. I was a terrible person. And I want him, I want you to see it from his own perspective. So Kent, play the video. It's only one, we're only going to do one minute. Is light. I'm thinking, well, darkness, I've just come from that. And they called it hell. It's just the kingdom of heaven. Is that almighty God? And I was shaken. I thought, he knows my name. He knows my thought before I even speak. Then he must see all my sins. And I'm not a good man. Yeah. I've done a lot of things wrong. So I pulled back. As I did, waves of light came off his presence. Pure love. And I mm. cried like a child. As waves of love and acceptance, which came into me. I said, well, God, you can't love me. And started telling him my sins. And each sin I told him, more love. Mm. And I said, God, but I've cursed you. I've slipped around. I've 
drugs and more and more of his love. And he showed me that all my sins had been forgiven when I prayed in the ambulance. He says, of course, the blood of Jesus washes away all sin. And that he had forgiven me when I prayed for my heart. And then I stood before him with no sin, no darkness. I opened my eyes and I was full of liquid light, love, encased two to three feet around me and pure light and pure love. But the radiance around the Lord eclipsed, I felt like a glowworm or a firefly. And I saw this cloud and said, God, if you love me, could I step in and see you face to face? So mm. I walked into that's this. A bold, that's a bold question. Well, I thought I'm... We're gonna, this is an amazing testimony. Maybe Pastor Tim will pay it for you next week. What I wanted you to see is how when he went before Jesus and he started to say, I did this, I did this, I did this. There was nothing. No condemnation. Just wave after wave of perfect love. And then he would try to tell him another sin. And it... God didn't recognize the sin. Because when he gave his life to Jesus, all sin was forgiven. Completely. We're in that same position. Because when we have received Jesus as our Savior, that's what we've received. The thing is, We don't all recognize, because we haven't experienced it firsthand, where we've been in the very presence of God. We haven't experienced that love in that way where just wave after wave of experiential love. So I wanted to show you from from his perspective, not me telling you, but from his perspective. Now that happened like 50 years ago. He was in his 20s. He's been a pastor ever since. I mean, the whole story, it's a beautiful story. You've got to watch it. But he gave his life to the Lord because he experienced the love of God. 1 John 4.16, listen to this. We have come to know by personal observation and experience and have believed with deep, consistent faith The love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides continually in him. So this scripture says that when we know, the word know means to experience. To personally experience the love of God. We're going to talk about how to do that as we move through this teaching tonight. Jeremiah 31.3, another beautiful scripture about God's love. The Lord appeared to me, Israel, but you can put your own name in there because you are one of the chosen ones. The Lord appeared to me, Cindy, from ages past, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. Wow. That's what he did with Ian. He drew him. He made it all work, guys. He could have been in hell for eternity. But God quickened his mom to pray. And then he showed Ian his mom when he was dying so that he could see his mom say, just call out to God. Just call out. It's okay. Just call out to him. And he did. And that, from his heart, he called out and he received, he received that amazing experience of the love of God. God made the way. He drew him. He drew him. With loving kindness, I have drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. So God is love. What I'm going to share is about three truths about the love of God. And my prayer right now is that we will all encounter God's love ourselves. That it won't be me just telling you about God's love. It won't even be this video and showing us somebody who is with Jesus in heaven and the love that Jesus poured out. But it'll be our own experience. God, may each person here encounter the love of God like we've never encountered it before. In Jesus' name. So what I want to share with you from the Bible is proof 
or evidence of God's love. You know, when somebody loves you, there's different ways that you know they love you. One of the ways is there's a feeling, especially in a new love. When when you're first falling in love, I still love my husband dearly, of course. But when you're first falling in love, there's this amazing, oh my gosh, right? (laughs) If you've been there, just this, this amazing feeling of deep, 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 passionate love. So there's a feeling of love. That's one of the ways that you know love. Another way is words. People speak of their love. Kent tells me he loves me all the time. But there's a third way. And that's when they demonstrate their love to you. If Kent told me he loved me, but if he didn't act like he loved me, I probably wouldn't believe him. But he does. He demonstrates his love for me. And a lot of times it's in little tiny ways. You know, just wanting to help me or, or um, encourage me or just, just so many ways. But he demonstrates his love for me. Now, that's what I want to show you because that's what God does. I'm going to show you just two ways that he demonstrates his love. John 3.16, probably one of the most familiar scriptures in the Bible. For God so greatly loved and deeply prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loved us that he gave the best gift ever. He gave the most extraordinary gift, the most extravagant gift anybody could ever give. He gave us his son. We're in the season right now of Christmas, preparing to celebrate that gift. The most amazing gift ever given. And as we give gifts to those that we love, that's why we do it. It's a reflection of the best gift ever given. And that's why we love to give extravagant gifts. Now, sometimes we give more extravagant than we should because the bills come in. But we want to extravagantly give gifts of love, like God gave us the best gift of all. And he gave Jesus to us for such a huge purpose so that we could be reconciled, so that, like Ian, we wouldn't perish, but we would have everlasting life. And the next scripture goes on and gives us the next piece of this demonstration. This is Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he not only gave us his son, after he gave us his son, he allowed his son to be sacrificed for us. He didn't just send Jesus to come and show us the way. He didn't just send Jesus to come and teach and to heal and to show us the heart of the Father, although Jesus did all of that. He also sent Jesus to be the perfect sacrifice for our sin and so that all judgment could be paid through his Son. And when, you know, when we just even begin to think about sacrificing our own children, we can't even begin to fathom it. But God did. That's how big his love is. That's how great his love is. He demonstrates. That's proof. That's biblical proof of the love of God. So I want to talk a little bit now about coming to experience or know the love of God. This is a big deal. Knowing the love of God is directly connected to receiving all of his inheritance and his benefits. So we want to talk about how do we do that? How do we come to know? How do we come to experience I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak specifically now to men. The love that, that God has is just 
as intimate with you as it is with any woman. You know, women tend to be more emotional and maybe share our emotions a little easier, clearer. That not clear is the wrong word. Just we're more willing, I think, more willing to share our emotions. So maybe, maybe it seems like we, I don't know, are able to receive the love of God. But that's a lie. You men, all of you, God loves you just as intimately as he loves any woman. And he wants you to receive that intimacy and that depth of his love. So how? How do we do that? I'm going to read two scriptures with you. The first one is 1 John 4, 17. We're going to keep going back to 1 John 4 and read one verse at a time. But this is verse 17. In this union and fellowship with him, love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So this scripture says, the way to to grow in the maturity of our knowing, the love of God, is through union and communion with him. It's through fellowship with God. We're invited openly to, to come to the altar, to come to the throne of grace. God says, come. The, the, the veil was torn. There's no division. We've been reconciled unto God. But it's up to us to go to God. The Bible says over and over, come to me and I'll come to you. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Seek me and you'll find me. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. Over and over, the scripture tells us to go to God. So our part is to fellowship with him. To have this union and communion with him. In the... Um, in my um, New King James, they've got titles for each section in, of Scripture. And the title for this section says, The Consummation of God's Love. Think about it for a minute. Think about what that word means. In the natural, with a marriage, the consummation of love is a very intimate, very intimate act between a husband and a wife when their love is consummated. That's the term that is used for consummation with the love of God. And it's a very intimate thing. And it happens through going to God, talking to him, letting him love you. Letting him love you. Ephesians 3, I did put this one on your sheet because I'm using the Passion Translation. And so I wanted you to to hear these words and have them in front of you. This is the Apostle Paul praying for the church. We're the church. So this is our, this is a prayer for us. And I pray that he, that God, would pour out over you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life providing you with a secure foundation that grows and grows. Wow. Wow. Okay. So let me just unpack that for before we read the rest of it. So the scripture says that it, the prayer is that God would just pour out glory and favor and glory and favor on us until the, the, the supernatural strength rises up and there's dunamis power. There's dunamis power, divine might and explosive power. And it says then, as we, as we just believe God, as we just say, God, this is awesome. I just am in awe of you. As we have faith in God, the life of Christ is released in us. And the love finds a resting place within us. His love, the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Providing you with a secure foundation that grows and grows. So the love of God, guys, is the foundation. It plants. His love is planted within us. 
it finds its home. The love of Christ finds its home within us. And it becomes the foundation for everything else, including healing. This is a healing class. (laughs) This is probably the most important teaching we could ever share to receive all that God has for us. The next part of the scripture says, Then, as your spiritual strength increases, you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. As the love of God finds a resting place within us, and we come to experience and know his love in ever greater degrees, we come to know the dimensions of his love. In the original translation, it says the height and the width, and the depth, and the expanse of his love. But in this translation, I love the words that it uses. It says, How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive. Inclusive, not exclusive. How inclusive is his love. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends understanding. We can't begin to understand it here. Extraordinary, extravagant love that fills us, fills us, fills us to overflowing with the fullness of God. Because God is love. When we saw that Ian McCormick, that little snippet, if you watch the whole thing, he's just 50 years after the experience, he is so undone as he reflects on the love that he experienced when he was face-to-face with Jesus. So full, so full of the love of God. His, his whole life has completely been changed because of that one encounter with the love of God. So the next piece I want to share is the effects of God's love. And this is where we get into the healing part. The benefits or the effects of his love. I'm going to share two of them with you. I'm sure there's a whole lot more, but I'm going to share two. The first one is Matthew seven eleven. Listen to this. If you then, evil, sinful by nature as you are, know how to give good and advantageous gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven perfect as he is, give what is good and advantageous to those who keep on asking him. Okay, so, as a mom, I want to give good gifts to my kids. Put all that aside, all the, all the Christmassy stuff, put that all aside. What if your child had a, a, a very serious issue in life? And this is a healing class, so let's talk about a healing need. If your child had a sickness, if your child had a, a terminal or a chronic illness, you, I, I, I'm, I'm sure, you would do everything humanly possible to help them. You love your children. You want to help them. You want to give. You want to help them. You want to do everything you can do with your resources, with your, mostly with your prayers, mostly with your guidance and direction, but also with your finances, with your resources, with getting them the best support and the best help they could get, right? You would do that. When I, I'll never forget this. When I was diagnosed with cancer 15 years ago, the very next day after I got the stage 4 diagnosis, I, went, I flew to um, Alabama to visit my mom and dad for a long weekend. The trip was planned before the diagnosis, so I went ahead. And I remember my mom sitting with me, and I was over, this is before I knew Jesus, and I had so much fear, I was overcome with oppression and fear and 
darkness and pain and just the worst, worst time of my life. And this is what my mom said to me. She said, Cindy, I would give anything to trade places with you. I would give anything to take that cancer out of your body and put it in mine and have you be healthy. Because that's what a mama does. Mamas are good to their children. They love them. Daddies are good to their children. Now I want you to look at this scripture again. Because it says, how much more will your father, who is in heaven, give good gifts to his children? How much more? If that's our will, if that's our desire, and God is so much better, so much more loving than we could possibly be, how much more will our Father provide healing? You can take the word healing and put where it says good things or advantageous. How much more will our Father who is in heaven, perfect as he is, give healing to those who keep on asking him? He loves you. And that is your basis for healing. Not your works or your performance. Because he loves you, he has freely provided all the healing you will ever need through Jesus' death and resurrection. Remember, God so loved the world that he gave. And he gave his son for our salvation. And salvation includes healing. That's another teaching, and it's a good one. If you don't believe me, we'll, I'll show you the word later. <clears throat> so that's the first little bonus of his love, is that he wants to give you good gifts, including healing. Here's the second one, 1 John four eighteen. There is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But perfect, complete, full-grown love drives out fear. Because fear involves the expectation of divine punishment. So the one who is afraid of God's judgment is not perfected in love, has not grown into a sufficient understanding of God's love. Look at Ian. When he went to, when he went to heaven and he's like, God, I messed up. I did this and this and this and this. There was no judgment. Judgment had been paid through Jesus. Ian had received it when he called out from his heart to God on his deathbed. Perfect love casts out fear. There's no fear. The perfect love of God and his love is perfect. Turns fear out of doors. Knowing the love of God is one of the number one um, ways that I fight fear. When fear is attempting to take hold of me, and it does, I meditate on the love of God. And it's like taking a shower and letting the dirt wash off. It's awesome. Just get into that place of letting him love you and fear has to be just wiped away. Okay, this is the last little nugget I want to share before we have our testimony. This is a good one. God's love, I'm going to add one more word, knowing God's love, knowing God's love breathes power into our faith. When you know it, when you experience the love of God, that love literally breathes power into your faith. Here's the scriptural evidence. Galatians 5 verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. Comma. This is what does avail a lot. Faith working through love. Okay, let me talk about the first half of the scripture, then we'll dwell in the second half. The words circumcision and uncircumcision refer to our separateness to God. So a circumcised heart is one that is um, separated to God, a, a heart that yields to God and, and lets God um, guide and direct and lead. Um, an uncircumcised heart is one that is kind of separated to the world. In other words, you're kind of worldly, like Ian McCormick was. But that doesn't matter. That's what the first half says. doesn't matter. 
as long as you've received Jesus. The love of God doesn't change. God's love is unconditional, it's unchanging. That's good news. But this is what does matter. Faith working through love. The word working in that scripture is the Greek word energeo. And it's the same word that our word energy comes from. It literally means to be operative. The word working means to be operative, to be at work, to put forth power to work effectually. So I could say that faith works effectually or powerfully through love. Our faith, we talk about faith, we talk about God's part being completed, and our part is faith, believing in God's part. Our faith is energized, or it's effective, it's powerful, when we know we're loved. Here's an example. I love my grandbabies, you know that. My grandbabies know I love them. I I mean, I, I... I spoil them rotten. I just love to play with them. I love to hold them and cuddle them and kiss them and play with them and buy them things, and I just love them. And they know I love them. Therefore, if Grandma says she's going to do something for them or buy them something, they believe me. <laughs> they don't have a problem believing me. And they, they, they know it's going to happen, right? It, the same thing is with with knowing God's love. If we know the love of God, we won't have problem believing him for the good gifts that he promises us. There's a power in knowing his love that enables us to believe him. Once we're convinced of God's love for us, faith is no problem. So God's part is done, completed 2,000 years ago. Our part is faith, believing his part. And if we know his love, we have no problem believing. Do you see why knowing his love is so integral? Saturating our minds with the truth of God's unconditional love will do more to create a healing environment than anything else you can do. You could take that home and be done. I'm going to say it again. Saturating your heart and your mind with truth about God's love from the Bible. Find truth. Find promises about his love. I'm giving you a lot of them right here on your sheet. Find truth. Saturate your heart and your mind with that truth. That will do more to create a healing environment than anything else you can do. Amen. Can you hold it, please? I would love it, but I would like you to to hold it. But thank you. Understanding you are loved, understanding you are loved is a prerequisite to becoming convinced that it's God's will to heal you. So understanding his love is deeply connected to knowing that it's God's will to heal you. So here's our final scripture. Psalm 91 verses 14 through 16. And what God does in this scripture is an amazing scripture. What he does is he connects his promises to us knowing his love. That when we know his love, then his promises are fulfilled. So let me read it. I'm going to read it as it is in the Bible. And then you, I made a paraphrase of it for you to, to just speak over yourself. This is what the Bible says. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name. Has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love, and kindness. Trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? 
Isn't that awesome? As we come to know him and know his love, as we trust, as we know his love, we trust in him. We, we are confident in him. We believe him. And then he honors us. He pours out his blessing. He, he, he get, with long life will he satisfy us. That's a good promise. He will deliver us. That's a good promise. I, God gave me this word as a rhema word when I was in the middle of a huge spiritual battle physical battle, spiritual battle. They went hand in hand. It was 2010 and I had a a lump in my throat and the doctors were doing all sorts of tests for cancer. It was about eight years after I had been healed of stage four melanoma through my lymph node system. So it was a trying time and God gave me that word. And he said, Cindy, you know my love. You know my love. And because you know my love, baby girl, you can call on me and I'll answer you. Because you know my love, I'll be with you right now when you're in trouble. I'll deliver you. Watch me. You just watch me. With long life, I'm going to satisfy you, Cindy. And show you my salvation. And salvation includes healing, deliverance, victory, being made whole. Everything that's included. The paraphrase that that I put on your paper is the paraphrase that I took and declared during that season of my life. Before I had the doctor's report, I had God's report. And I stood on that word. Amen. Okay. Um, We're going to go ahead and hear this testimony, and then Yvonne is going to share her testimony. So, Kathy, Flo? Okay. Um, I came in here with a lot of pain, and I almost, it was really even hard to come with a lot of pain, but I said, nope, I got up, and I'm coming here, and I really felt like this was going to be the night, because it's been a long time. So, and I had wanted the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and just never, I, I don't know if I didn't manifest, it was me, it was in God. So tonight, we talked and prayed, and, and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so it's, it's really cool, and prayed in tongues, so it's really cool. So, yes, so that's really cool. So, and when I came in, I was like a 7-8. It was pretty bad, so I was just trying to fake that it wasn't, but it was pretty bad, and now I just feel really stiff. So, praise God. So, what's your pain level now? Pain level now is maybe a 2 you know, Hallelujah. more stiffness. So, Hallelujah. praise. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. And it's interesting because Flo, sorry, I talk a lot louder. Flo um, came in seeking prayer. She came in immediately said, I need some soaking prayer tonight. It's okay to ask. And so we, we, I, I connected with Kathy right away, and I connected the two because I knew I was teaching tonight. And see, but she was, she was persistent. She reached out. Okay, Yvonne, we come on up. So Yvonne is um, a friend of mine. We're in the same small group. So I've been kind of walking with her through a season of her life, and she has an amazing testimony. And uh, I'm not going to tell anymore. I'm going to let you tell it. Um, I don't really know where to start. I've just been asking Holy Spirit where to, what and where and when and how. And um, God is so good. It's just, that is just what I know purely 1,000%. There's no doubt in my mind that the goodness of God is it's real. Um, and it comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, through the cross and through what he did and what he paid because of love. We've been learning about love tonight and it is his love we were the joy it says that was set before him we were his joy like he was like yes I am dying because I want to have reconciliation with man to God and so that love that's why he came to the earth that's why we're celebrating this he wasn't really born on December 25th I mean no shocker there but but that's why we celebrate that is because love came love came so that way love could cover, love could conquer, love could redeem. And that's kind of the story of where, like, my heart is, um, I have been, I had dealt with, um, 
anxiety and panic attacks and depression like consistently often on um, pretty it was pretty faithful <laughs> um, for probably 12 to 14 years I don't really know when it started I really don't care um, when it started <laughs> I was thankful that it's not here but um, I remember the very first time I ever experienced it I was sitting at a caribou coffee and I had no idea what was happening. Like, not a clue, not even aware. But it was like, almost like I had blacked out, but it wasn't, but I came to. Like, it wasn't like I went out, I didn't pass out or anything. And so, and then I got really sick and just nauseous. And I was like, my friends, I'm like, I don't feel that great, but I'll still do it, whatever, we'll go out, whatever. And from that moment on, it just seemed like it increased. Increased, increased, increased. And um, I really didn't know what was happening. Um, kind of fast forward, probably I was experiencing some weird kind of anxiety or panic for probably a year. Um, there was a moment in that time frame and early on, so this is like probably like 11, 12 years ago, I was stuck in my house, couldn't get out. Like I literally couldn't work. Um, I was stuck in my house. Like I had to like think of things creatively to do to try to make my brain come out of whatever it was in. And I, you know, I, I went to the doctor and this is, this is funny because I look at it now and I'm like, I knew then a little snippet of God's love, but not like I know it now where she handed me, I think it was just stubbornness a little bit because that, you know, like, but that I went to the doctor, she was kind of rude. Um, she wasn't the, the most kind doctor and she's like, well, you have, you have panic attacks and you just need to take this. So she handed me like two scripts and I went home and I was like, God, I'm not taking that. If I want, I want to, if I, I want to walk through this with you and I want to get to the root of this. So me saying that meant a 12-year journey. I didn't know then what I knew now. Uh, I don't think it has to be that long for everyone, just FYI, but um, that's just the road that God had me on. And so um, I went home and I stuffed the, the little prescriptions underneath my bed. And I said, I'm not doing that. I want to like know you. So God really brought me through a lot of stuff um, and through that time period. Uh, fast forward on and off, still having anxiety, just no matter what I did. Like I went to California for my friend's wedding, barely could get on the plane back home. I was calling my sister. I'm like, I can't do this. Yes, you can kind of thing. And that was like about seven years ago. So like, it's just a progression of just on and off and on and off and never like no relief. You know, you have good moments and bad moments. And so fast forward to beginning of this year, um, I started really, um, I had a relationship that was not of the Lord uh, with, a, with a friend, and I knew it, and I was trying to mask that um, with, it's okay, it's fine, I was manipulating it, I was controlling it, we're good, you know, <laughs> I, can, I can handle this guy, I got this one. And that, after that relationship, I think that that spiraled me into knowing um, that I was being in control and God was not of my life. And I realized, so through all of that, um, come like probably I would say like March timeframe, I was starting to with the whole anxiety, intense, um, panic. I, it was, it was bad. So like, and it just increased probably into, I would say summertime. I probably started like May-ish. I started talking with Cindy because I'm like, I just, I know there's something more, and I don't want to go through this cycle again. I do not want to go through this cycle. I don't have to go through this cycle again. Because Jesus, I know, is my healer. Like, I knew that without a shadow of a doubt. But I had to get it from here into here. <laughs> you know, like, I knew, I knew he was the healer. But there was a missing link. There was something that wasn't connecting. And so I you know, a lot of prayer and studying the word and just asking the Lord and seeking the Lord and studying scripture. And, you know, even like I was, I was talking to the Lord and he was like, you don't have to, like even the like scriptures that I use, those were for me and I wouldn't want them to be a pattern for you to, to, to rest on. But there's, there is, there is something that I, that you can rest on that can be a pattern for your life, something that you can bank on. And so I went through all of this cycle and 
through a lot of prayer, literally just coming home every day after work and literally sitting. I could not do anything. I went to work, muddled through that. I don't even know how sometimes. I told Cindy, I'm like, I don't know how I'm doing this. I, it's the grace of God that I'm working. Like, because I just, I physically could not handle life. So, um, I couldn't even barely come to healing meetings either. So, this is, <laughs> I mean, I would come in and I would kind of like pace the floor out there. And um, so, through the process, and I just kept on asking the Lord, Lord, what is it? What is it that I'm, I'm missing? What is it from you that um, you're not, that I don't understand? What is it, Lord? And he showed me, um, I was reading through Song of Solomon, through the Passion Translation. Cindy had did a scripture through Passion Translation tonight. And just talking about the Shulamite woman, there's a relationship that... Um, that it's a representation of Jesus and the Shulamite woman and just like the coming and she's like, but I'm so dark and I'm so unlovely. Like, here I am, God, I've got all this stuff. Like, I've got this and I've got that and I've got this. And, and I'm just, I'm like crying out to the Lord. I'm like, I like seriously, God, like, I don't understand this love thing because I've, I feel really not worthy of your love. Like I can't, I didn't feel like I could do enough. And he's like, stop stop. There is nothing that you're going to be able to do to get me to love you more. There's nothing that you're going to be able to do. He's like, just stop, rest, and lean. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And at that moment, I realized that I was like warring at this thing like, I rebuke you, fear, and you know, whatever we do, and we like are war, and I'm going to throw this scripture at you, and God just said, stop and rest in my love. And the, the tangible, it was tangible. It doesn't always happen like this, so don't expect like, oh, when I sit down, God's just going to give me this wonderful feeling. This is a process. Um, but I just really felt, it was, there was a, a night, and I shared with Cindy that, Literally, I could tangibly feel the love of God saturating my heart. It was like, it was real. And he said, I love you. And, I'm, and I went to go say, but, and he would just like come in with this wave of love. And I'm like, but God, nope, I love you. I love you. And, but God, I love you. And he kept on repeating that. I would throw up any, I mean, stuff that I've thought that I could keep secret, like, that I, I'm like, he doesn't really know. Hello, he's God. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> he knows. And I would like, but I'm going to hold on to this. But God, but God. And he would continually, everything I said. And I'm just going to share this little bit of a, a tiny little snippet of just during that process of that night. Um, the Lord was showing me, because um, he keeps on reminding me in my mind, so I feel like I'm supposed to share this part. So that's okay. Um. That, so I was, I was sitting in my, in, in, on my couch and I just, I felt just that, that wave of love coming over me constantly. And I'm just like, this is, this is unbelievable. I, I didn't know you could love me like that. I honestly, purely, I've been a believer of Jesus Christ for years, but I had no idea that he could love me like that. I had no idea. And so I, I saw, um, this, uh, this water that was coming, but then the water was stopped by, there was a brick wall. And um, the bri- each brick, I knew the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, and he's like, each brick of those represents all the things that you have said, you know, I'm, I'm dirty, I'm unclean, I did this, I did that, I did this, you know, I have bitterness, I have anger, I have wrath, I have all these things, and those were all the bricks, and the mortar was fear that was holding it together, and he showed me, like, every bit of mortar was, it was just sealed in fear, just the anxiety and the fear, it was just like, it was keeping that wall up, I literally, I have goosebumps just even thinking about it, because it was just so powerful, that water just came, and I mean, when I say obliterated that wall, it was like, I didn't even see the effect of the water covering that. It would just like, it blew it into smithereens. And I was like, okay, God. But knowing me, I like to ask questions as just my nature. So I'm like, but God, 
where did the bricks go? <laughs> that's just me. That's just how I am. That's how I made up. And I was like, what if they sunk to the bottom of this river that I'm seeing in my mind? What if they just sunk there? And they're going to come back up. The cycle is going to happen again. And I just, like, all that stuff. He's like, no, they're not at the bottom. I blew them out of the water. And so, like, literally. And so as, I, as he said that, I saw these letters. It was like... Have you ever seen, like, in the movies or in, like, a cartoon where, like, things are popping, like, they just kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but kind of, like, popping up, like, things just come up. I saw I saw this, like, letter, and I was like, oh, that's an L coming up out of the water, and then an O, and then a V, and then an E, and it was popping out of the water, and literally, he turned that, and he just said, my love washed away all of that fear and anxiety, and it was... I, when I, I just started bawling. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, everything is gone. And he said, I did it at the cross. I did that before the foundations of the world. You just did not believe it. I had a, he showed me that. And, he, like, that love is tangible. That love is real. He didn't wait for you to make a mistake or... Whatever it is, I don't care how big it is. He didn't wait for you and then say, oh, I'm going to have to die on the cross now because, you know, John in December of 2016 is going to do da-da-da-da-da. No, he died because of love. And we have a new identity in Christ once we realize that. I realized for the first time that I am not defined by fear. I am not defined by the things that came with the fear, and I'm not defined by my past. All of that stuff, that's not who I am. It's not who I am. I don't have to carry that anymore. It says, cast your cares upon the Lord, because he cares for you. He is the only one, I can guarantee you, that was going to love you and care for you 100%. Cast those cares. And that's what I had to do. I literally had to cast all the stuff that I was carrying, because I was stuffing that was one of the reasons why I was stuffing down every care, every burden, every desire, every emotion that I had. I became emotionless, and I'm like, I can handle this, God. I'm a strong woman. I'm a walker. I can handle this, you know? Like, that's our name. We can handle this. We're strong women. And God's like, no, you're not. You need me. <laughs> you know, you need me. And so it's just that, that love that has saturated and made me new, you know, and it's his love. It's his love. There is, the gospel is love. That is what it is in a nutshell. Like if I would say one thing, it is love. He came to obliterate whatever it is in our lives. Like it, he took that. I don't have to be, I, I am identified now with a new identity. I am made new. All things it says in Christ, I am made new. I don't, now I can live underneath. And I was talking to the Lord this morning, and I'm like, okay. It says, I, we always say that prayer, and I'm like, Lord, make me like you, make me like you. We, we pray that, we sing it, you know, we, oh God, please make me like you. And he's like, Yvonne, you already are like me. Now I'm just doing what it says in Hebrews. You have to renew your mind, so that way you can recognize who you are and what I've already done and who you are. I don't have, you are already new. There's no, you don't have to be made more like me. You are like me. Now act in it as a son and a daughter. Act in it. Like live in it. So that is, I, I am thanking the Lord. There is not a day that goes by that my lips do not give thanks to the Lord for what he has done. He is good. As Cindy was saying, he is good. It doesn't, I don't care what, he's good. That is a line that you can draw in the sand as a standard. He's good, period. Big fat dot on the end of that sentence. He's good. And his love is for you. His love can change you. His love is what you can establish your identity. Cindy was hitting it like big time tonight where you can be as rooted and grounded in his love. And out of that love and being aware of that, your life is not going to be the same because you are not defined by the world's standards. You are a kingdom kid. When you accept that love, 
you are now a new creation. You're something new. And that's what I'm getting to live and walk out. It's exciting. Like being trans. So the Lord, I had no idea. The Lord just reminded me. The Lord gave me that scripture in Hebrews where it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind at the beginning of this year. Had I known really what that meant, (laughs) I didn't know then, but I do more now. But just be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So just rest in that. Lean on it. You know, a lot of times we think that we have to war, you know, like, oh God, you know, like I'm going to fight against whatever it is that you're dealing with. Fear, anxiety, sickness, and ailment. Lean. I like to call him beloved because that's just what who he is. But lean on your beloved. You war from the place of rest. Knowing who your father is, knowing who he is, and a war from that place. War from that place of love and just lean back. Lean back. Because sometimes when we are like this, we want to like get all in it, you know? And so the Lord was just teaching me to lean, lean on him, lean on him. He wants you to lean on him, you know? And just so you can hear those whispers and then he'll tell you, okay, do this and attack that and speak to that and give you a scripture. I believe that with all of my heart. So that's just my journey. That's where I'm at today. Oh, panic attacks and anxiety. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, they have tried to, <laughs> they have tried to come on me. It's, it's like, it's, um, at first I was afraid to even like give a testimony to anybody. I told Cindy, I was like, I, like, not about tonight, but pre- previous to now, I, I knew that I was set free that night that I told that. And that was probably like October, I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I, I knew that it was settled, but um, of course the enemy is going to, and I don't want to even give him glory because he's a measly nothing, um, but he, they, he, he did try to come back on me. I mean, even today. I mean, I'll be honest. Yes. Now, here's what is awesome. I will say this, because I believe that this, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I knew, I knew as soon as this swirling feeling came over me, I literally, it was like my, it was like, it was a kingdom, it was a kingdom Holy Ghost reaction. That's all I can say is that I was like, what was that? I literally was like, I literally was like, I questioned it. Like before I would have been like, oh my gosh, and embraced it. But I questioned, I was like, oh no. (laughs) <laughs> I know who you are. I literally just chuckled like that at my desk. I was like, oh no. Now for a minute there, it was like, it tried to blindside me. Like you see the movie Blindside, they come in a spot where you don't know. And I'm like, oh, you know that I'm going to give my testimony, you little imp. I was so mad. I was so mad. I told Cindy, I was like, made me angry. <laughs> you know, like, but it did. The panic, I still had, I was experiencing some still effects because I really, I, I believe, this is just my own belief, that I really wasn't, um, I still was learning to rest in his love. Um, and that that resting looks different for other people, for many different people, and how God would deliver you. But I knew that I, I was learning to rest. Um, and learning that, and to trust him, that he's got me, you know, with everything. Not just, you know, like your day-to-day, like, he has my life, like my whole life. And so, yeah, I did experience some panic attacks and some attacks after that. But with each one, I, was, I learned more and more of his goodness and of his love. And it'll, I mean, things will try to come. I, I'm, they will try to come on you. And I can tell you right now that it, if, if you're experiencing that kind of stuff and that stuff tries to rise up, it is not from Jesus, I can tell you that. So you can know in your knower that you can say, and I kind of just laughed today. It was really funny. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I went in the bathroom and I was like, thank you, Jesus. I'm just like, you are not, I just started praising the, I went to the bathroom. And I was like, I need to do this thing because it is not coming back on me. And I'm like, it just, you can't. I, I just reminded this thing that was trying to literally just take over me like it's crazy but it literally it felt like it was just wanting to take over me and I 
I went in the bathroom and I was like, I know who I am now. I know who I am. And you cannot intrude on this God property. You cannot. I know who I am. You know, so, yeah. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Praise God. Isn't that an awesome testimony? Faith working through love. Somebody who knew the truth, who knew Jesus, who's lived her whole life, well, most of her life, as a strong, believing woman, love was the key that gave her the power to overcome. So we're going to worship God with a song about his love for us. It's called Divine Love. Let's stand up.